You're listening to If Only I Were Wiser podcast, where Raina Wilson brings together wisdom and raw life stories to provide encouragement and truth. So many times it's easy to become discouraged in your own pursuit of health because your story or circumstances look drastically different from your favorite influencer or even the expectations you had for yourself. If that is you, welcome. This space is for you to learn, breathe, and maybe just listen and see what wellness could look like for you. Hey friends, welcome back to the If Only I Were Wiser podcast. On today's episode, things will look a little different since it's just me, Reina, behind the mic. But my hope is that for today, by sharing not only parts of my story, but others as well, we'll feel a little less alone in whatever we're walking through and empowered to keep moving forward. I have to be honest with you, and I'd be lying if I didn't say it, but it's definitely been a process to navigate what I wanted this first episode to look like, but I really kept feeling like we needed to address this topic because it's so relevant in my life. That being said, I kept coming back to what does it really mean to heal through the hard? And I only thought it was fair to share my own hard life story where our house was struck by lightning and completely burned down in order to give a little context and just share where I think some of these first seeds of these conversations took root. So I wanted to start by sharing a story from that season that even reflecting on now had a lot of hurt, but a lot of truth for that season and the things that I was walking through with my family. I remember walking into Payway, it was our favorite restaurant at the time, and I sit down with my brother and sisters, my parents go to order, and of course, it's like day two. We had just lost our entire home, we had been sitting outside all day as movers and packers and firemen and police cars, and everybody had kind of come in, rushed out, and we were stuck in the silence and the what to do now phase. So I can only imagine I had some kind of look on my face as I was mentally and emotionally trying to process all of my feelings, as well as reconcile the fact that we were definitely in a dire financial situation and trying to figure out how my parents were going to pay for lunch that day. And that's when a sweet old gentleman came over with his wife as they were finishing up their lunch date and said, hey, you should smile. I'm sure you have a really pretty smile and the world needs to see it. And again, I know this phrase has some sort of feelings for everyone, but in this moment, I was just kind of shocked. His wife gave a little soft smile and they left. And I just remember feeling so angry in that moment because I was sitting there with my siblings trying to process all of my emotions. I didn't know if our parents would even have money to buy lunch that we were ordering, much less our clothes or shoes or where we were going to even spend the night that night. And reflecting back on this story, I think that is where the heart of this episode came from, was how many times do we look at others' situations, scenarios, Instagram, Facebook feeds, and assume the worst, or assume that we really know what's going on in their own story. And I share this story because I think this man had very good intentions behind what he was trying to encourage. And I still think regardless of how I interpreted it or still continue to wrestle with it, there was still some truth to it. There is a level of heart in your life that you will feel like you just can't smile through. You'll have to grit it or maybe tears aren't even the appropriate response and you can't even find the words. So let's dive into what it will look like or what it's looked like for me as well as other people's encouragements and what it has meant for them to heal through the hard. As we kind of break down these three areas, I am aware that maybe these aren't your parts of your story 
and are not similar, but I do hope that the encouragements that you can derive from them can speak to you in your own life, just as they have been helpful in my own heart. So as we dive in, I hope that they can be helpful for yours as well. One, healing isn't fair and healing isn't linear, which I know this sometimes sounds like an exhausted cliche, but I want to bring the truth back. Acknowledging that this truth in the moments where we have to face it like a brick wall may just feel a little comforting to bring this into existence, even if it doesn't change your circumstances in the moment. For me, even just admitting this out loud or expressing it to a loved one or friend has helped me process the fact that, yeah, healing isn't fair, it isn't linear, and it really sucks. And even though it may not change what I'm going through in the moment, the acknowledgement and just bringing the truth to life or the thought to life gives me some reprieve, even if it just feels like a sigh. And ultimately, bringing your thoughts to friends, loved ones, or even the Lord is truly the first step in the healing process. Okay, number two has been a really hard truth for me to learn, but I think it has started to settle in my own heart. Your heart isn't less hard than someone else's. Let me just repeat that again, because this is a very slippery lie, I think, in our own society right now. Your heart isn't less than someone else's. I know there are so many times in my own story, as well as through conversations with friends and family members, where we get caught in the comparison hamster wheel of, well, their life is just X, Y, and Z, and I'm only struggling with blank. And I think here the problem and root of this lie is the word only, because what is going on in your life may seem like the hardest thing that you've ever gone through, but that's not fair to compare your story to somebody else's. And the only one that that's hurting is you. Your feelings, your experiences, and your emotions will not and should not be invalidated by somebody else's experience that is completely different from your own. And for a last point, you have to fight to protect your heart and your peace in the healing process. And ultimately, if you're a fellow believer like I am, you have the amazing source of peace that will fill the gaps if you let him. Not easy, not comfortable, but I do believe that God will fill the gaps of peace if you let him into this process with you. So as we continue into this conversation, we're going to dive into these three areas using parts of my own story as well as personal stories from our own people in this community. And the first story that I wanted to share is mine. It's one that I've alluded to on several other episodes, as well as one that you'll hear about bits and pieces. But here is where I wanted to lay it all out, because this is where I think this conversation planted seeds years and years ago. So here it is. When I was 16 years old, in the middle of the night, my house was struck by lightning and completely burned down before my eyes. And unfortunately, trauma will do this to you, but I have this memory ingrained in my episodic memory, which I'm a psychology nerd, so that basically means like, even as I'm talking through this with you right now, I can bring you along because I can see it all unfolding. So it was a really stormy night, which again, not a big deal, right? Because we've all been through really ugly storms in North Texas. But I just remember hearing this gunshot-like sound going it off early in the morning. You know, startled. I was younger at this age. I had slept through the storms, but this was really, really loud. And it sounded like either there was an intruder coming into our house and there was 
going to be other reasons to full panic, but there was like a gunshot sound and I panicked for a little bit and then rolled over and went back to bed. Shortly after that, I remember my mom coming into my room and she woke me up and asked me like, hey, Raina, do you smell anything? And me and my teenager brain, I'm sure I rolled my eyes in the dark at this, but I had a sinus infection at this point. And so my response was something to the effect of, no, mom, I can't smell anything. I'm sick. I don't know what you want me to tell you. And that's where I felt the air just kind of shift because she looked at me and said, Raina, I think the house is on fire. We need to leave. And at this point, you know, my brain hasn't fully comprehended what she had said. So I grabbed my cell phone off of my nightstand, grabbed a sweatshirt. I wasn't even wearing a bra and full pajamas and didn't even have shoes. But I saw my mom grabbing my siblings from down the hallway and they started to walk down the stairs. My dad being disabled at this point saw him trying to process, trying to get up the stairs. And we, I followed him down the hallway to our game room and we were just trying to check what was going on at this point. There were no fire alarms going off. You know, it was just this internal panic of something is wrong, but we don't know where. In a feeble attempt just to kind of find out what was going on and where, my dad and I walked down the hallway to our game room to the attic and we pulled down the ladder, but the sealant that was around it was already starting to glow. So we weren't going to unzip that at all. And we turn and there are already embers starting to fall from the vents in the bedroom next to us. And at this point, my dad just looked at me and said, we need to get out of here right now. So I remember following him downstairs, trying to get to my mom who was screaming for us because by the time that we opened the front door, there was a wall of smoke and we could not see anyone. So at this point, I think things get a little blurry, but there are little snapshots that I remember, like grabbing my brother and sister's hands. My sister was in elementary school at this time and was completely unraveling and my brother in early middle school was completely stoic. So we had the full range of emotions processing this as we were walking down our driveway to our neighbor who was flashing his flashlight from his phone to try and get us to see him. All in all, I think it took several hours for the fire department to get to us because the smoke was so bad. They had to park at the end of our street just to be able to get a hose up to us um, because there was no safe way to drive through the smoke from what our house was creating at this point. And it's funny because even in those moments, and like I said, one of the ways that I realized now how I was trying to process this emotion and this traumatic event was sitting on the driveway of my neighbor's house and my brother and sister were inside with our neighbor at the time. And I sat with my mom and I remember taking a picture on Snapchat of our house. And at this point, the fire department and police had shown up and my dad was talking to the fire chief. And I took a picture of the house and I just remember laughing and I think the caption was something to the effect of when your house is on fire and I posted it. And again, it's like 5 a.m. so I didn't think any of my friends were going to see and I leaned over and showed my mom and I, you know, am using humor as a coping mechanism and she just starts bawling. And I think that's where I really had to pause and that's a moment that I still come back to today. Like there will be 
parts of our story and parts of our lives that just come up like a blip, right? We talked about episodic memory. And there were so many moments even after that returning to school and I got dress coded because the athletic shorts were the only ones that I could pull out of the fire that day were what we had to go to school. Or I had friends that were bringing up things that when I had mentioned we had to go through insurance and get all new things, the response was, oh, well, at least you get to pick out a whole new wardrobe. And I know that I'm not the only one in sharing these parts of my stories. I know that there are parts of your lives where you had people saying really insensitive things in the moments where you were hurting. You had uncomfortable conversations with people that you probably didn't handle the way that you had wanted to, or they're just things that even still today remind you of the hardest moments of your life or maybe you're walking through it right now and you're looking to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And this really goes back to my first point. Healing isn't linear. I still hurt, some of these things still come up and the overwhelm catches me off guard because in reality, I thought I had dealt with these things. I've been through counseling, I have friends, I have family members that have walked me through this healing process from almost eight years ago. But healing isn't linear and it's not fair. And one of our first submissions, I think, embodies this narrative perfectly. And although it may not be your exact story, I hope that by hearing the stories that we'll share, you can find some hope or some glimmer or some encouragement that really resonates with you. And in order to protect some of our friends in this community, I will be changing the names of the authors of these stories, but it won't take away from any of the truth or any of the encouragement that they want to share with you. So let's go ahead and dive into Abigail's story. Abigail was in a verbally, emotionally, and sexually abusive first marriage for a little over a year. She was left with a slew of PTSD symptoms that went unchecked for almost six years. Even though she went to therapy regularly for years and had her anxiety diagnosed and medicated, she never really opened up about her past trauma. She said, I wanted it all just to be behind me. And I want to pause here for a moment because I think what Abigail shares is so important. In her story, you can hear the desperation and plea for some sort of reprieve in the hard. And that just proves that healing isn't linear and it's not fair. But let's listen and see what the rest of her story has to say. She said, The symptoms seeped into my current marriage and in numerous occasions unnecessarily caused tension and misunderstandings that neither my husband or I could explain. She finally sought help last year and spent three months wading through trauma to understand it. Now, when asked what was the encouragement coming out of healing and processing these really hard moments, this is what she had to say. I learned a lot about my condition and my symptoms. I learned that my patterns of my thoughts were the ones that were harming me. I learned how to explain it to my spouse, and I learned to not push it all away, but to rationalize what I can. However, most importantly, I am learning that the trauma I experienced is not my fault, and no matter how much guilt and shame I feel, it never will be. Abigail, thank you so much for sharing your story and being vulnerable and open with this community, and I want to highlight what you said earlier. I want it all to just be behind me. Man, how many times have I myself thought that same thing? I want it all to just be done with. I thought I had just dealt with it. I've been through counseling. I've been through X, Y, and Z. It's been how many years and I still feel it come up. 
And that's where our first truth, I think, comes into play, reminding ourselves that healing isn't fair and it isn't linear, but that doesn't play a role in our identity or taking on shame and guilt that wasn't meant to be ours. Which is so hard to acknowledge sometimes, the fact that we could be our own worst enemy and our own voice and our own thoughts are playing a role in what is tearing us down in the healing process. And another friend from our community will say, his name is Corey, had an amazing perspective on this as well. Your hard isn't less hard than someone else's. So when I asked him about elaborating on the hard things in his own life right now, this is what he said. The phrase, don't sweat the small stuff, isn't just an expression, it's a skill to be learned. And I love that perspective, especially because I heard that growing up as well. Don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff, but it's definitely a skill to be learned. So when I asked Corey to dive a little bit deeper into this and see what it looks like in his day-to-day, this is what he responded. Right now, it looks like anything from job performance to budgeting money. I used to constantly question whether I'm doing a good job at my job and just stress myself out for no reason at all. It helped reminding myself that I do my best every day and sometimes that's all that matters. And as far as money goes, when I started making adultish money, I literally never wanted to spend it. Anytime I'd spend more than I wanted, I'd find myself regretting purchases, even if it was something as simple as getting groceries. So the hard in your life right now may not look like my story or even Abigail's story, but it may just be wrestling with the day-to-day hard life things like budgeting money, living in a new city, starting a new job, or just adulting like Corey. So let me remind you, your hard is not less hard than anyone else's. Your feelings and emotions are completely valid and they should never be invalidated by someone else's story. So if we take a step back, we can see that everyone's heart falls on a spectrum. And I hope that you find yourself somewhere in these stories, even if it doesn't look exactly the same, or maybe you fall somewhere completely in the middle. And this brings us to our last point. No matter where you find yourself, this is why it's so important to protect your peace in your healing process. And believe it or not, this is exactly what I've been learning in my own personal Bible study. This past week, my husband and I have been learning about Solomon's first steps into his kingship and what it looked like for him to ask for wisdom, quite literally, face-to-face from the Lord. And if you've never read this story, I highly recommend checking it out in 1 Kings to read it for yourself. So, King Solomon is the heir to King David that is very prominent in scripture. And when God asked Solomon what he desired, Solomon's response was wisdom. And for so long, I was in awe of Solomon because how did he have the quote unquote right answer, right? Like Solomon had beautiful wisdom from God himself, but something that completely shocked me was the fact that he still failed and still made mistakes after he had divine wisdom. Personally, I always thought that Solomon was the epitome of God's grace and wisdom and knowledge. So it was so encouraging to hear that in his humanness, he still fell short, but God's grace and kindness for answering that prayer covered the rest. And that's the truth I want to share over you also. You have to fight to protect our peace in the midst of the hard healing process. I don't know what it'll look like. But for me, it's looked like saying no to activities or people that aren't bringing life in this particular season, or even saying no to myself and being intentional about creating a soft, safe, and 
peaceful place for myself to land. Or it may even be seeing if you have a faith foundation yourself and what it looks like to start there. So when I shared this question with our community at large, we had a couple more answers. So maybe you'll resonate with any of these. Ellie shared how she realized that she was looking for self-love outside of herself. And Lily shared that she found peace from not running from her feelings anymore and that being alone doesn't mean that you're lonely. And Story had the last comment that I definitely needed to repeat to myself over and over even now, that people's opinions about me don't matter. And this is where I'm so thankful for the refinement of scripture in Galatians. We are taught that we are not meant to please the world, but work to please the Lord first. And believe me, it's a lot easier said than done because I definitely get caught up in it too. So let me remind you of Galatians 1.10, as I speak it over my heart too. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I still trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And even with all of these beautiful encouragements and sharing my story and others, it's still hard. And believe me, I get it. It's easier said than done. And that's where I join you in this space too. My heart is to encourage you and create space for you and whatever you need for that space. And that's why it's my job to bring you back to the beginning, my interaction with the old man right after I lost my home. Even after all these years, I could let it turn to resentment and bitterness, and I'm not saying that sometimes it still doesn't sting. And who knows, maybe that is why God let me walk through that moment so that I could share it with you on this podcast episode and we could deconstruct all the feelings to bring you some of these reminders. I want to remind you that healing isn't linear and it isn't always fair. I want to remind you that your heart isn't less hard than someone else's, maybe even if you have a scowl on your face at lunchtime. And I especially want to remind you that you have to fight to protect your peace in the healing process. And to end this conversation, I didn't think that it could be any more appropriate to end this conversation the same way that we do all interviews with our closing question about wisdom. So if I could provide any wisdom to my younger self or for a community that is listening right now, what would I share? I'd share that I see you, I hear you, and I really wish I could just hug you. And I'm so sorry that healing in the hard or even trying to conceptualize the first steps to healing feels so hard sometimes. Even for our own family right now, as we navigate this mold crisis and what it looks like to move and be in and out of our house, I come back to watching my son and the gift that he is and the reflection of what God is trying to teach me right now. And it really doesn't always feel like it, but what a beautiful kindness to see the Lord's reflection in my son in me being his safe space in the same way that I should seek the Lord through any healing process and especially the hard moments that he is my safe place. So my encouragement to you is to let your faith foundation be your safe place, your comfort, your reset, and whatever you need to start over and find peace. And I know the messy steps of healing are sometimes harder than the hard thing itself, but that is exactly what makes me excited about this community and the healing that I know it can offer through a variety of stories in this space. So thank you for letting me join in your journey and letting me share my story just the same. So I'll see you guys in the next episode. This episode of If Only Our Wiser has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss any encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to build our community and share more about topics that will be healing and helpful for you. 
See you in the next episode. Thank you.